coming up, we've got Bill Withers for Leanne, uh, one of her favourite songs. And if you've got a favourite song, why don't you give me a text or give me a call even. I'll patch you and you can even come on the radio with me. But um, most people seem to be a bit scared to do that. But I can do that. I have I have the ability. I have the technology. I can put you on and you can, you can introduce your own song. So, yep, one for Leanne coming up from Bill Withers right after this. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Bill Withers there with the lovely day. It's a lovely day. That one's especially for Leanne, who's on the North Shore in Whangaparaa. Some of you can tell me off for that. You're not allowed to say Whangaparaa. <laughs> it's Whangaparaa. Oh, I'll just say what I want. Anyway. This is the Eagles. I know we hear it over and over. Some stations won't even let you play the Eagles. I love the Eagles. Just reminds me of the 70s growing up, teenager, that sort of thing, you know? You know, new kid in town. No, 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 no. Sorry, Grant. No, we're not allowed to play that one either. No. With your help, we can continue to fight for freedom, reach new audiences, and bring important information to the public free of charge. This is not possible without your generosity. Join our quest for the truth and our freedom and donate today. Simply go to tntradio.live. Ooh, okay. Here's Billy Ocean. It's uh, news time coming up at 6 o'clock. Okay, morning. Billing Ocean there. Good morning. Two minutes away from news time at six o'clock. Here's Catherine Tate. She's a clever wee thing. She's very, very clever at um, being a comedian and character voices as well. I like her. Right. Oh, I don't think that looks too bad. I think a course of antibiotics should clear that up within about a week. Well, yes, you see, I'm very sensitive, Doctor. Uh, Catherine Tate, the wonderful Catherine Tate. News is next. When news breaks. All right, five minutes past six. Let's have a look at the weather. For Northland, Waikato, also for the Coromandel, showers clearing this afternoon. Well, very good. Isn't that very good? All right, yes. Now, what's next? Uh, we've got um, Chris Holston. No, I haven't. No, I want something. I want to do something else. I want to do the monkeys. Seven eight. Let's do the monkeys. What number is this, Jim? Oh, wait. Seven eight. Oh, you, Davey. Don't, don't get excited, man. Baby James. because I'm short, I know. My, my hero. Dream believer. Oh, you're not very good at singing. <laughs> you're not very good at singing, right? Just shut up and talk. All right, all right, I'll do some talking. Okay, let's go over to the Centrist and have a look at their front page. Now, I got this, sent this email last night from the Centrist, giving us a bit of a warning. Now, this is the feature article at the Centrist. You'll find them at centrist.co.nz, and it says, Studies reveal COVID vaccine links to health conditions. A study by the Global, they call it Global Vaccine Data Network, of over 99 million individuals found links between COVID vaccines and increased risks of neurological, blood and heart-related conditions. Now, here are the facts presented by thecentrist.co.nz. mRNA vaccines were associated with heart inflammation, while viral vector vaccines were linked to blood clots and Guillain-Barre syndrome. Meanwhile, a Yale study reported chronic post-vaccination syndrome symptoms. For more on that, go to thecentrist.co.nz. Also, we've got some mainstream disinformation here. February 20th, this one here came out. That was yesterday, wasn't it? Yes, yesterday, a leading scientific journal has been fooled by a fake AI-generated paper featuring giant rat penis. 
<laughs> and um, Crampton warns against adopting the proposed Fair Digital News Bargaining Bill. A news bargaining bill. Canada's version of the legislation worked so well that the Canadian government had to bail out the country's newspapers. Other top stories at the centrist, mixed reactions to school phone ban, as some say neurodiverse kids struggle. Neurodiverse, what the heck's that? What is a neurodiverse? I don't know, mate. I don't know, some, you know, the whole world's gone mad, isn't it? Yeah, it's sort of craziness, really. It's uh, it's like we're living in a mental asylum. <laughs> That's how I feel, mate. I feel like it's a mental asylum. Yeah, it's run by the inmates. Yeah, that's a very good point. That's a very good point. What did you think about that rat penis thing? They were fooled by it. Just goes to show that they're all a bunch of lunatics, aren't they? None of them can be trusted. That's why doctors... You know, in the Bible, it says that uh, pharmaceutical, the word pharmakia, which is a Greek word for where we get the word pharmacy from, pharmacist, it, it translates sorcery. <laughs> they're a bunch of sorcerers. And what about that story, uh, was Beyond Belief was the heading, uh, Sky News was earlier about, I think about half past five, came out, or might have been quarter to six, um, about, um, uh, oh, hang on, I'll play it for you. I can't remember. Let's see, let's see if I can find it for you. I got it there. It was Beyond Belief, uh, Beyond Belief. Now, where, are, where is it there? History, uh, oh, got all sorts of things. Oh, hang on, oh, I see where the problem is. Yeah, here it is. Here, listen to this. This is just unbelievable. This is These are doctors involved in this absolute rubbish. It's 12 minutes past six. A group of health officials in the United Kingdom, so these are government officials, they are now claiming that milk produced by transgender women, so biological men, with the help of drugs, of course, is just as good for babies as natural female breast milk. The leaked letter from the University of Sussex Hospital's NHS Trust insists the term they need to use, we have to use, they say, human milk. And it's meant to be gender neutral and says that milk from trans women is, quote, comparable to that produced following the birth of a baby. Joining me now to discuss this, someone I know who is a, as passionate about this issue as me, a former Liberal MP, Nicole Flint. Well, I mean, this, this let's remember, was the, was the first hospital really to go out there and use the term chest feeders. Uh, Nicole, what do you make of this? Peter, this is beyond belief. I do not, I genuinely do not understand how these doctors are allowed to be doing this and, and who has allowed them to do it. They're giving uh, biological men a range of drugs so that they can chest feed newborn babies. So essentially the medical profession and these individuals are experimenting on babies. Government needs to step in. I don't know how government hasn't stepped in. And if we go back to first principles, and, and as our viewers know, I, I, I don't often uh, quote the United Nations, but they have declarations and conventions on the protection of children. And they have them because the United Nations and the world and governments around the world recognise that because of children's physical and mental immaturity, they deserve a special level of care and protection. And that protection, according to the United Nations and all of the countries like Australia who have adopted this, applies before birth and after birth. So we need to see governments starting to do their jobs and protecting children.
So why don't we have an inquiry when we just knocked one off, or we did knock one off, uh, the Premier in, New South, in South Australia knocked one off, uh, Pauline Hanson tried to get one up federally, some Liberals voted for it, other Liberals walked out of the room and abstained, uh, there was an attempt in Victoria by our good friend Moira Deeming, again, if everyone in the trans lobby is so certain that what they are doing is right, that it, this is the best course, you know, chest fedding is the best action to go down that path, then let's have an inquiry because more and more doctors in Australia, Nicole, psychiatrists, biologists, they're actually unsure. And you look around the world, they're all coming back from where we are now, but we, we seem to be going hell for leather. That's right. We absolutely need an inquiry. I think it should be a federal government inquiry. The Labor Party could do this tomorrow. We can do it in a very respectful way. We can do it in a careful way. And we should have both sides of the debate represented and both sides of the medical profession. Because if, as you've just pointed out, there are national and international experts who are deeply concerned about how gender dysphoria in children is being treated. And we should at the same time, or, or perhaps in a separate inquiry, but why not look at the, the full picture, so gender dysphoria in children, but then also this uh, phenomenon of or this experimental treatment of inducing lactation or so-called lactation in biological men. And mm. Peter, I would also say, has anybody, or I would ask and put into such an inquiry, has anyone done a study on the impact of unborn babies born to transgender men who are biologically female take a range of medications to turn themselves or attempt to turn themselves into men and then carry a baby. Mm. Like this, oh, I am so mm. concerned that this is going to be the next class action against governments, but also taxpayers who will ultimately foot the bill for a generation of kids who have not been looked after by governments and by the health system when they are precisely our citizens that we owe the highest duty of care to. Why do we put up with this nonsense? It's, it's just garbage, isn't it? Absolute rubbish. I don't, I don't know why we, um, why we pussyfoot around it all. You know, they're mental patients. These people are mentally insane. We need to open up places like Carrington Institute and Pori Rua and all those. We, we need to have instant, you know, mental asylums brought back again. And we send these politicians and other half-wits doctors. There's a lot of friggin' doctors. You can't trust doctors anyway. If Look, I remember an old guy, he lived to 102. He said to me, if you want to be healthy and happy, don't go near your doctor. They'll make you sick. I think it is extremely smug and complacent to think civilization has peaked. It's all upwards from here yeah well good luck with that <laughs> it's a living like I, you know I, I there are lots of people who agree with me there are lots of people clearly who agree with you I wanted no, to there are just a lot of people I would say who are coming to listen to what I say because they're sick and tired of having their desire to move forward in the world and to achieve something and to take their place as adult males let's say who are under the weight of accusations that they're ambition and forthrightness is a manifestation of something that's fundamentally tyrannical. They're not happy with that. It's not doing anyone any good. And it's also not true. It's really a terrible thing to do to young men. And it's happening all the time. That's why they're bailing out of universities like mad. There won't be a man left in the social sciences in 10 years in the universities. And it's no bloody wonder. It's an unhospitable place. And it's unhospitable. Yep. Precisely because of this doctrine. That's right. Jordan Peterson there, 16 minutes past six. Good morning. Welcome to the program. Here's Samantha Edwards.
Let's now talk about the infamous abortion bill of 2020 and the act that saw changes come to pass that saddled New Zealand with the world's most extreme abortion laws. Laws that coincidentally came into effect the night before our very first lockdown, March 25th, 2020. Winston had carefully targeted the values and pro-life vote over a long period of time leading up to the 2017 election. This included speaking at Family First's high-profile forum on the family event, where he stated that he opposed the decriminalising of abortion, and where he even admitted that life begins at conception. When, do, when do, for you personally, when do you think life begins? When does a child, unborn child, have a right to life? At what point in their life? Well, he's being biologically, life begins from the very start. Conception. Yeah. Peters consistently brandished his pro-life credentials with 100% pro-life on abortion ratings in a number of leader questionnaires on pro-life issues. The results of those questionnaires were circulated in the Value Your Vote guides to tens of thousands of households across New Zealand and positioned his party as the one to elect for this part of the voting public. This was also a position reinforced by his MP Tracy Martin, who represented New Zealand First on stage at the 2017 Forum on the Family election event, where she confirmed the party supported keeping abortion in the Crimes Act and not decriminalising it. There's, uh, you would have heard just in our discussion, there's a very strong push to decriminalise abortion. It's not mm. a legal issue, mm. it's a health issue. Where does New Zealand First stand um, on that? For me, it has to stay in the Crimes Act because to do it in any other way than what is dictated is a crime. However, soon after, once Winston was elected into Parliament and for his next three years in office, he delivered an extraordinarily different follow-through to what his pro-life supporters had trusted he would. In 2018, Right to Life UK published this video explaining that the New Zealand Parliament was set to debate a new abortion bill which would permit abortion up to full term. National MP Chris Pink says <coughs> the changes mean you are, quote, liberalising abortion right up to birth. Is he right? No, that, that's an absurd sort of statement that gets made by the, the fanatic anti-abortion people. If, hypothetically speaking, a woman was to go to her doctor after 22 weeks with no medical complications and say, I don't want to have this baby, I want to have an abortion, and the doctor agrees, is there anything to stop that from happening? Well, the, the health professional carrying out the abortion will have an ob obligation to be satisfied that the abortion is appropriate given mm. uh, the woman's uh, physical and mental health as well as her well-being. Part 1, Clause 7, of the New Zealand government's abortion legislation bill outlines that abortion would be available from between 20 weeks and birth on well-being grounds. It will only be up to a single doctor or nurse to decide what well-being includes. In practice, this will allow for abortion for any reason right through to birth. If this bill like passes, being done with New the Zealand will have the most extreme abortion the same legislation time, the Crimes in the world. Act was being targeted for change, and the health community and our medical professionals were again being completely sidestepped by doing so. It was confirmed that Winston Peters gave his express approval for the Crimes Act to be changed, to essentially allow the success of this exceedingly merciless bill, as had been done for the End of Life Choice Bill, with his guidance and assistance. Against his explicit promises, he then gave his explicit approval for abortion to indeed be decriminalised. Even the secular publication of Scoop Politics New Zealand deemed Winston's actions as a failure by New Zealand First to protect our unborn children, 
in a mortifying betrayal of their campaign promises. 21 past six. You're listening to Grant Edwards, 88.1 FM, The Wireless, The World at Five. That's my name. Pro-choice always makes sense to me because I don't like people telling me what to do. And I always just like, it's your body. Who the f*** am I to tell you what to do with your body? So that always made sense, all right? However, I still think you're killing a baby. See? That's where it gets weird. It's not a baby yet. That would be like if I was making a cake and I poured some batter in a pan and I put it in the oven and then five minutes later you came by and you grabbed the pan, you threw it across the floor and I went, what the f***? You just ruined my birthday cake. And then you were like, well, that wasn't a cake yet. It's like, well, it would have been. If you didn't do what you just did, there would have been a cake in 50 minutes. Something happened to that cake, you cake burner and son of a He's the best. Have you have you seen the, the routine that he did on no. uh, the WNBA there? You know, he's like, ah, there are not enough people at WNBA games. Think, well, f*** you. You're 50% of the population. Get hey. your asses out in the stands. Hey, hey, I thought you were Jewish. I didn't you swore like that. That's not very nice, is it? 22 minutes past six, and uh, what have we got coming up for you? Got a bit of music. Marvin Gaye is in there. Marvin Gaye. Jackie Wilson. Who else have I got? Mm, and I've got uh, some other ones. Leon Bridges, all sorts of funny music. Cubo came up to me. He was like, yo, what's your name? I said, my name is... Uh. He was like, huh? I said, huh, H-E, sir. And he said, nice to meet you, ho. <laughs> I was like, what? Excuse me? I am not a ho. You know, that's my cousin. <laughs> Her mom is a hoe, and her dad is a hoe too, you know? Those hoes are loyal, though. Loyal hoes. Very loyal. Mm. This is Chris Holston. I hope you like it. 24 past six. No, I'll be all right. Chris Holston, he's good, isn't he? He's a bit cheerful anyway, I think. Mm. Very cheerful, very cheerful. 26 minutes past. Ooh, we're bringing up another notch, Marvin Gaye. Listen, baby, ain't no big world wide enough. Ain't no mountain high enough. You're listening to Grant Edwards, 88.1 FM, The Wireless, The World at Five. Serious crash, crash. Closes Highway 60 between Mochueca and Richmond. One person has died after the crash between a car and a motorcycle. And I bet you it'll be the motorcycles that came came off second best. Temporary citizens, I call them. So you want to make sure you've got your Bible verses sorted before you go riding on your motorbike. Across Wellington, Hawke's Bay and Northland. 88.1 FM. The Wireless. Bit of a know-it-all, that crowd, Edwards, I reckon. 29 minutes to 7. When you're faded and alone and need somebody on the phone supposed to be. Mm, 26 to 7. Let's have a look at the centrist again. The Frontiers, a major scientific journal, faces embarrassment after publishing a fabricated paper purportedly authored by Chinese researchers. The paper featuring AI-generated images of a rat with an exaggerated penis and four testicles <laughs> was retracted after those reading the publication, uh, the report online, they flagged it as absurd. Absurd content the images created using AI tools depicted non-existent and uh, nonsensical biological terms and systems, and yet they fooled the experts. <laughs> you can see that story over at centrist.co.nz. 
He's a happy little tune, isn't it? Yes, yes, it's uh, My God Has a Telephone. For it to finish because it's a bit louder than me. Uh, yeah, My God Has a Telephone, and that's put out by the Flying Stars of Brooklyn. And what else are they called? Brooklyn, New York, and Aaron Fraser. That's the, the name of the band. And I've got Jackie Wilson coming up. It's 22 minutes to seven. News at seven, I suppose. I'll let you know what's happening with the weather. Hang on, let's go to Radio New Zealand, see what they've got, see if, see if there's anything interesting there, because I haven't really looked at much news. I got up a bit late. Never mind, we, we do that. These things happen. I've got the latest six o'clock here. Let's have a listen to that, see what they... See what they say. RNZ News at 6 o'clock. Kia ora, good morning. I'm Nicola Wright. Kia ora. The Labour Party is losing one of its most experienced politicians as it faces the huge job of rebuilding after its crushing election defeat. The former Deputy Prime Minister Grant Robertson will retire from politics oh, next month. Thank goodness he's leaving he's Parliament after 15 years to take up the role of Vice-Chancellor at Otago University. Oh, no. Following Labour's heavy election defeat, pull- Grant Robertson indicated he would youth. stick around to help the depleted and relatively inexperienced caucus adjust to being in opposition. He now says the party's MPs are ready for the challenge. The Mana MP, Barbara Edmonds, replaces him as Labour's finance spokesperson. New police statistics show hate-motivated abuse has increased by 12% over the past year. But hate crime and hate speech are still not standalone offences. Our reporter Lucy Xia has more. Race-related abuse made up 83% of all hate-related complaints over the past two years and more than a third of incidents targeted Asians. Hate based on prejudice can be considered as an aggravating factor in sentencing. But the Royal Commission of Inquiry into the Christchurch terror attacks wants hate crime and hate speech to be standalone offences. Former Race Relations Commissioner Men Foon is urging the government to get to work on the new legislation. But National's coalition agreement with New Zealand First rules out introducing hate speech laws. The US has again vetoed a draft UN Security Council resolution on the Israel-Hamas war blocking a demand for an immediate humanitarian ceasefire. The US is pushing the 15-member body to call for a temporary ceasefire linked to the release of hostages held by Hamas. 13 council members voted in favour of the Algerian-drafted text while Britain abstained. It was the third such US veto since the start of the fighting on October 7th. The US had signalled it would veto the resolution over concerns it could jeopardise separate ongoing talks to broker a pause in fighting. The World Health Organization estimates that more than 142 million children are at risk from contracting measles, with new figures showing infections around the globe have risen by nearly 80% since 2022. The BBC's Imogen Folks has more details. There were 306,000 reported cases of measles worldwide last year, up 79% on 2022. But the WHO thinks this is just the tip of the iceberg, with the true number running to several million. In wealthier countries, parents have become complacent. The fact that measles can be serious, even fatal for children, has become a distant memory. Vaccination rates are slipping. In poorer nations, the struggle to tackle COVID-19 meant routine immunisation was neglected. There's a small sting in the tail of the COVID Christmas wave. The numbers had been heading down, but the level of the virus in wastewater has gone up for three weeks in a row now. 
Modeler Michael Plank says wastewater readings can bounce around a little, but there appears to have been a rise in actual cases as more people head back to school and work. He says it's not unusual to see small peaks and troughs as outbreaks decline. Professor Plank says COVID hospitalisations show the wave is still generally heading down, with about 200 people in hospital last Sunday, compared to a peak of about 400. Massey University expects to record a loss of about $41 million for 2023, more than four times bigger than its previous loss in 2022. Massey's Vice-Chancellor, Jan Thomas, told RNZ the unaudited result includes $19 million in one-off redundancy costs. She says the university's recovery plan will see it break even in 2026 and make a surplus the year after. She says Massey students have been hit hard by rising costs, which forced many to cut the number of courses they studied, which in turn reduced the university's income. The Tertiary Education Union says Massey should just weather the deficits in the next couple of years and avoid laying off more staff. Pseudoephedrines are a step closer to being stocked on pharmacy shelves. MPs last night passed legislation which would reclassify the cold and flu drug from a prescription to a restricted medicine through its first reading. The Associate Health Minister David Seymour says pharmacists will still need to authorise all purchases of pseudoephedrine. Te Party Māori was the only party not to support the bill at first reading, arguing it would increase the availability of meth in communities. The bill will now be considered by Parliament's Health Select Committee. That's the news. Kia ora, nā. thank you very oh, much for that. Long, thank you very much. That's a long one. Kia ora, kia ora, ring toto to you too. 20, uh, no, it's not 17 minutes to seven here with the world gone mad with Grant Edwards and Digger Johnson. How you, Digger? Alright, mate. How you doing? It looks not quite nice out there. We got, hey, we got some work done yesterday with the building site, didn't we? We did. We did. We got some. We got the um, just about tipped the tra- tractor over, though, didn't you? Coming down that hill. And did you notice all the water pour out of the post rammer? Obviously, that's a very poor English design. Came all the way from the UK, that post-rammer, and it had been sitting outside, and, and it's not very well designed. All the water went in there. It's probably been sitting there for about a year. I've had it outside for a year. Yeah, it's not very good design, all right? Not very good. Now, what have we got up on the boil? Well, um, I've got Jackie Wilson on the turntable, and I'm going to talk about electric cars a little bit later on as well. But there was something to say. They're still pushing that flipping jab, aren't they? Aren't they stupid people? Over there at Radio New Zealand, that you know, we pay for our own propaganda, don't we? Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Um, what happened on this day, Digger? Well, tell me what happened on this day. Well, on this day, 1954, Evette Williams set the world long jump record 18 months after winning the, the long jump at the 1952 Helsinki Olympics. Williams set a, a new world record of 20 feet and seven and a half inches. What's that in metres? Um, Oh, it's about six and a half, or six and a quarter, or something like that. Meters. I don't know. I'm not very good at math. Anyway, well, what else happened? Well, she's um, yeah, well, she's twenty feet and seven and a half inches, and that was in Gisborne. That happened on this day in 1952. Well, very good. Quarter to seven. Yes, that is the wonderful Jackie Wilson there, and you're listening to me, Grant Edwards, the world gone mad with Doctor Hook and sexy eyes. 13 to 7. To seven there with sexy eyes from Dr. Hook. He's got the sexy eyes. I'm just looking, I'm over at the centrus looking at this giant rat penis and it's got, it has got four testicles. Looks um, looks like AI. Yeah, yeah, it is AI. <laughs> anyway, okay, who have we got coming up? Well, I've got Maru. Maru, Maru, let's try them out. 
is breakfast energy music. I gotta be thankful because I know someone lost their life today. And so every. Oh no, 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 Leon. What about you, Leon? Energy wake up breakfast music. Baby, baby, baby. Baby, baby, baby. It's alright, it's a bit slow, it's like Sunday morning music, isn't it? What about a bit of Dave Allen's? You know, the, remember the comedian from the 1970s? <laughs> I spent three years of my life in Australia. In actual fact, I didn't spend three years, I spent 18 months. But 18 months in Australia is like three years anywhere else. <laughs> and they're very, the Australians are very proud of the country. I left London on Friday at 4.30 in the afternoon. I flew all through Friday, all through Saturday, all through Sunday, and I arrived after 36 hours on an aeroplane. I arrived and see my eyes are hanging up. And the fellow says, how did you find Australia? <laughs> I said, I got off the bloody plane and it was there. <laughs> the Australians actually, I, I know the Irish have a funny way of talking, but the Australians have also a funny... They add I-E onto a lot of words. I was there around Christmas and I said to a fellow, I said, what are you going to do on Christmas? He said, well, I think I'll get up. Chrissy die. <laughs> I'll have my brackie. <laughs> Pick up the cozy, go for a dippy, watch a game of footy, have a game of drinkies, and then I'll come home and have a yummy, yummy Chrissy Dindin. <laughs> he was 64 years of age. <laughs> they love the, they love the, in Australia, they love the booze. But the beer is so cold. It's like you have to have gloves to pick up the glass. <laughs> Three beers and your lip is like me. <laughs> Everything's got to be cold. And you get a tramp, a wino, goes into a chemist shop and said, uh, do, you have a, do you have a bottle of metal-lighted spirits? And the chemist said, yes, gives him one. He said, what's the matter? Don't you have a cold one? <laughs> they drink. They drink. I, I arrived there and somebody said, would you like a schooner? I thought he was going to give me a boat. Always telling me, always, as soon as you arrive in Australia, they say, Watch out for the sharks. And they don't say a shark will eat you or chew you up, they say he'll take you. <laughs> You're going to be taken by a shark. <laughs> and I think to myself, Well, if he takes me, you'll die of alcoholic poisoning. <laughs> and I'm swimming. But in the back of my mind, sharks. I'm thinking of it. 
and I'm swimming away, and a fellow goes underneath me, swims on, I don't even see him, and he comes right under, and he goes, with his finger, shoom, down my stomach. <laughs> Nobody swam in that sea for about three days. <laughs> The nearest thing I have ever done to in my life. I was across the water on the beach. I was when I was out there. I I hired in the, down on the coast a bungalow kind of shack hut, which we used to go for weekends. And we always get down there and have a few beers and swim and eat, laugh, joke. And then one of these Australian friends of mine said, uh, "Hey, dive." Uh, you want to be uh, careful about the grass around here. Uh, it's getting very tall, and a lot of snakes, they live in the grass. You want to cut it. And I said, well, I'm never here. I only come here every six weeks or something. How the hell am I going? He said, well, buy yourself a sheep. Tether <laughs> them, and they lead up on the grass. So I thought it was a very good idea. I bought a sheep for five quid. Tied him up. Six months later, he's as big as a house. <laughs> Wool everywhere. <laughs> Somebody said, you want to get him sheared? He'll dehydrate. <laughs> <laughs> so I go back to Sydney and I go through the yellow pages. Sheep shearing. And unknown to me, I am ringing up the biggest sheep shearing company in the world. <laughs> And I said, I'm making inquiries about sheep shearing. The woman said, uh, one second, please. And I was, I believe you're making inquiries about sheep shearing. I said, yes. He said, well, let me tell you our rates first. We sheep, uh, we shear sheep uh, per 5,000, 10,000, 50,000, 100,000. We've got different rates. We've got peace rate. We, uh, we do hourly rate, weekly rate, monthly rate. It all depends on the number of sheep that you have, percentage loss, percentage gain. <laughs> How many sheep do you have? I said, one. <laughs> I said, really? What's his bloody name? <laughs> Mind you, I'll tell you something. I'll tell you, and I mean this very sincerely. The Australians are perhaps one of the most hospitable and generous people in the world. I mean, they, if you're stuck for a night, they'll give you a bed. If you haven't got a drink, they'll give you a drink. got no money, they'll give you money. The food, they'll take the food off the plate and give it to you. It's those white Australians I don't like. <laughs> Somehow or another, I don't think this show is going to be sold to Australia. Grant Edwards, 88.1 FM. Wireless. When news breaks. Winds gusting 60 and 80 knots out there. And you can now subscribe to stream Sky News channels and shows anytime for $5 per month. Visit skynews.com.au forward slash stream. Ah, wonderful. Four minutes past and let's look at the short forecast. For Northland, Waikato, we've got showers clearing this afternoon. Now I've got Fred Dag coming up and uh, also I've got a good one from the Beach Boys. Five, it's five past seven. It is. It's a beautiful day here. It's a lovely day. Yes, yeah, this digger. Yeah. How about you go out and start the tractor? All right. I'll get it revved up for you and then get some work done. Can we start at seven o'clock? Well, no, it's four, five past seven now. All right. Well, it's 
you start at 8 o'clock, you can't be pissing about on the radio all day, all morning, they're going to be winter soon and then we'll be stuffed. I like it. Well, there she is. That's, uh, that's the pick of her. That's the pick of the bunch. How much? Uh, 700. 700. And I suppose it only had one owner. A little old lady who only drove it on Sundays. Well, actually, she's an ex-rental. Uh, a mate of mine thrashed the ring out of her for a fair bit. Bought her in here, see if I could find some bunny to fit into it. That's remarkably frank of you. Cyril. Cyril. Well, it's not a lot of commission in a $700 vehicle. I'm not going to muck about all day selling it. He doesn't want it anyway. Tell us about it. Well, uh, the body works pretty well rooted, uh, as you can see. But, uh, well, they never give up these old sixes, do they? You know, a little hard to start, a little hard to start. Runs like a haunted shit house for a bit. But once she warms up, uh, there's a lot of grunt under here. I wouldn't be surprised if you got the ton out of this, you know, on a decent downhill run. You know, with a brisk northerly up your freckle. Goes like a strangled fart. I reckon you got... Uh, 5,000 miles out of this before it craps out completely. It's got to be worth four or 500 in parts. A bit hard getting a warrant, of course. No brakes and one thing and another. Fortunately, I happen to have a warrant. It's not for this vehicle, but I will sell it to you and I will include that in the 700. 650. Cash. Done. I don't believe it. Uh, park it on a slug. You're listening to Grant Edwards. 88.1 FM, The Wireless, The World at 5. Murawai Beach, the death sparks calls for vehicle ban. Yeah, that's right, that's right, yeah. Nothing like to have a false flag, ban the guns. Then they have someone die on the, on, on the beach, ban driving on the beach. It's all about taking away your freedoms, folks. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter whether the communists are in or the fascists are in. We've got fascists now. That's who we've got. They are globalists, and their aim is to take away your rights and freedoms, to tell you what you can do uh, in your spare time, to tell you what you can do with your body. Like, they're going to stop you having a cigarette. This is crazy, isn't it? So in the future, the way things are going with this whole smoking thing, and they say they're going to turn it around, but I don't think they will because it's it's happening in every Western country. They're doing the same stuff. Why? Because they're following a globalist um, book. A globalist hymn book, and they're all singing out of it. The same old thing. So that's what they, they, they do. So a scene from Mad Max. Oh, rubbish. It's just nonsense. You can flip a car on that beach doing, going quite slow. It's the sand that's... You've just got to, people just got to learn. Just got to use your head. Look, you've got YouTube. There's no reason why you can't go on and learn how to drive properly on a beach. Okay, you talk right over that intro. People want to hear the beginning of that record. I, I love the colourful clothes you a bit weird at the end, isn't it? Yeah, I, I don't think there's a better song the Beach Boys put out than that one. No, I like the other one. What one's that? Um, get around. I get around. <laughs> you do get around. Hey, is the new latest news from RNZ come up? We can we can steal it. We're allowed to, aren't we? It's a taxpayer. We're taxpayers. We pay for them. We pay for them to give us their propaganda. Let's look at the headlines. How cheaper public transport helped in Christchurch. Cheaper public transport in Christchurch meant more people on lower incomes had more money for everyday essentials, including food. The new study shows. Rubbish. Rubbish. They're milking us. And Grant Robinson, that old pedophile. No, not a pedophile. No, no he's not. He's not. Can, can we edit that bit out? No, he's a homosexual. He's, you know, he's a cricketer. <laughs> There's a few funny people. Do you remember the... What was it now? Do you remember the um, the dominatrix thing with Plumley Walker? He was a cricketer. Do you remember him, Digger? I do. Was it? Were you married to that family? <laughs> I beg your pardon. <laughs> yeah, oh, you were. You married. Um, you married. Uh, who was it now? 
Oh no, you didn't marry the family, but you you were involved. You went to the you went to a wedding where that where she was there. What was her name now? Renee Chignall. Not Renee. What's it? Some Chignall. That's right. What did they do? They strung old probably Walker up because he liked to be hung up by his neck <laughs> while they were tickling his testicles, I suppose. Something like that. Something rude. And then they came went out for a for a fag and a and a cup of coffee and they came back in and he was he looked like he was dead. He must have slipped off his stool or something. <laughs> and then they took him to Hooker Falls. He said, Tickle my balls, not Hooker Falls and they threw him off the Hooker Falls. Round, round, get around, I get around, yeah, get around, round, round, I get around, I get around. Thanks for your time. Very good to be with you, Brian. Good Hang evening. on, no, wait, wait, that's, that's Clark. We'll come to you in a minute. Seven o'clock bulletin is here. It is uh, 16 minutes past seven. Let's go to Radio New Zealand. <laughs> RNZ News at seven. Good morning, I'm Nicola Wright. Crews patrolled the area last night and a drone carried out thermal imaging to find more hot spots that firefighters will tackle today. Carterton's mayor says the government should consider sacking people in leadership positions at Kiwi Rail. The state-owned company is under... Oh, that's long enough, isn't it? Yeah, that'll do, Nicola. (laughs) It's long enough. Long enough for you. Let's um, let's let, 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 did, did you hear them going on about the COVID thing? Twenty-one past seven, too. By the way, uh, COVID. Yes, they're going on about COVID. Well, let's give you some proper news then. The largest global study on COVID vaccine safety has revealed concerning associations between vaccinations and various health conditions. And conducted by the Global Vaccine Data Network, the study analysed data from over ninety-nine million vaccinated individuals across eight countries. Results showed increases in neurological, blood and heart-related conditions following vaccination, specifically mRNA vaccines like Pfizer and BioTech, BioNTech and Moderna. They were linked to a heightened risk of heart-related inflammation, while viral vector vaccines such as the Oxford AstraZeneca were associated with increased risk of blood clots and neurological disorders like Goulain-Barre syndrome. Moreover, myocarditis and pericarditis were consistently identified after the mRNA vaccines. Vaccine injuries and the ongoing debate around harm have stoked debate, except for Radio New Zealand, who they're just avoid, just ignoring it altogether and just going on about testing your poos. <laughs> anyway... Separate Yale study of more than 240 adults also identified symptoms of chronic post-vaccination syndrome, including exercise intolerance. And I actually know someone who uh, was a really good um, marathon runner, and she can't run now because she's been jabbed. She had to be jabbed because she's in child health. Anyway, they carry on. They say um, symptoms of chronic post-vaccination syndrome, including exercise intolerance, Excessive fatigue, numbness, and brain fog. Have you been vaccinated? No. You've got brain fog. Thanks for your time. Very good to be with you, Brian, and good evening. Now, you're a market economist. Yes, well, most economists are market economists, Brian, to a degree these days, yes. How do you think things are going at the moment? Well, there's a great deal of international concern. I mean, we're taking a toweling, but things will sort themselves out, Brian. This is what a market does. Well, can you explain to me how it all works? How the economy works? Well, yeah, what's the problem at the moment, for instance? Well, what we've got at the moment is an international credit crisis. Yes, how does that happen? 
Well, I'm a bank, Brian, and I borrow money and I lend it out. And I charge more to the people I'm lending it to than I pay to the people from whom I'm borrowing it. Well, who do you borrow money from? Well, from, you know, depositors, Brian. Have you got a dollar? Well, you yeah, know, I sure. borrow your dollar and I give you, you know, there's your bank balance. One dollar. One dollar. Right. OK. And you pay interest to me on that? I do. But I also charge you fees. Well, why do you charge me fees? Because, Brian, I'm looking after your money. Your money is secure with me. I'm a bank. I mean, uh, this is a very important amount of money. This is probably your nest egg. It's safe with us. And, and how much interest do you pay me? Approximately the same as I'm charging you in fees. Oh, good deal for me. Well, your money's secure with us, Brian, and I then lend that money to businesses, and those businesses generate, generate income. This income. is how we build yeah, the economy. Yeah. And they put that income into the bank. They do, of course, Brian, and that builds the savings pool, and we can invest more money. Well, who do you lend that to? Well, to people who need credit, Brian. You see, money creates more money, so if we can create money that creates more money, we're, we're broadening the economy, expanding, we're expanding yeah, it all the time. Yeah, yes. yeah. But shouldn't people just buy that can afford? You don't need to afford the things you're buying, Brian. You need to afford the interest on the money you need to borrow in order to buy them. And you're charging higher rates for all this? We do hop into them a wee bit on the credit rate, Brian. We stick the hydraulics under that because it's a slightly higher risk strategy. Do people need to be buying these things that well, they can afford? Obviously they think so, Brian. I mean, these things are advertised to people as very necessary, very important and deeply, deeply attractive. Well, who's advertising things that people don't need? The companies we're lending the money to. So, okay, then you bought into the US uh, subprime housing well, market. Well, Brian, so yeah. concerned are we to build a better Australia. You helped build a worse America. Yeah, well, that was an accident, Brian. What we were doing was investing in the international investment market. And that's been a disaster. It, frankly, famously, hasn't been a huge success hitherto. Well, so what are you going to do? Well, now you give me $700 billion immediately. Why? Well, because we need it, Brian. I mean, the system needs money. Imagine the economy as a body. It needs blood pumping around it, Brian. And you haven't got it. We haven't got any money, no. Well, why not? Well, we lost ours. I've just been explaining that. Well, you're not having mine. Mum! Brian won't let me play with his stuff! It's the only money I've got. You're in for it. Clark and Dawes, um, otherwise known as Fred Dagg, I think he passed away last year. Poor old Fred. Poor old Fred. 26 minutes past seven. The Wireless. The Wireless. The wireless. Oh, but didn't we have Bill Withers before? Oh, you can't beat Bill Withers. It's a lovely day. Yeah, there's only one problem with the song. It's a beautiful song, but it goes on and on and on and on. Lovely day. It's a lovely day, and it just goes on for about 30 seconds, just lovely daying. And it is a lovely day today. Bit of move the cows, eh, digger? Yeah, I think so. I've had munched enough grass and trodden it down and pooped all over it. It's good. Yep. Uh, okay, well, we've got... What about a bit of blues? You, you said you wanted a bit of blues. Uh, yes, a bit of blues. Quite like our R.L. Burnside. He's good. I'll pucker up, buttercup. Pucker up, buttercup. Edwards, 88.1 FM, The Wireless. All right, it's 26 minutes away from 8 o'clock and we're over at Radio New Zealand. We're looking at the front page, just looking at the headlines, and we're hiding in the house. We're hiding in the house. Tourist motorbike stolen, stripped. A visitor says that the bike was stolen, but police told him it will be hard to press charges despite finding it at a gang-affiliated house nearby. Nice little bike it is, too. Looks like one of those touring bikes, doesn't it? Yes. 
Doctors. In other news, COVID-19 wastewater levels rise for three weeks in a row. Big deal. It's not, it's just microbes. <laughs> it's, it's, all, it's all rubbish. You know, that the rat test is, is rats. <laughs> it's nonsense. It's about as realistic as the AI rat penis with four testicles. Uh, there's a rise in hate incidents reported to, to police. Oh, they've been, <laughs> they've been listening to me in the morning. And the world first climate act. Oh, more rubbish. Um, world's first climate action in New Zealand. Uh, in the top court, New Zealand's top court environment, that came out an hour ago. Went, oh. And Massey won't rule out further cuts amid a $41 million deficit. Uh, Westpac picks the OCR, uh, likely to remain on hold this year. Job seeker crackdown. Kick them while they're down. Who's saying that? Who's saying kick them while they're down? Let's see. Welfare advocates are pleading with the government to back down from its crackdown on beneficiaries. No, they're bringing in all these funny people from, uh, where are they, from Bangladesh or somewhere. I was talking to a farmer the other day and they're bringing all these people to work in the, in the um, is it the meatworks or is it the milking factory? They're just bringing in 300 and they're spreading them right around. I think it's, um, yeah, I think it's on, not, not dairy. I think it's, um, in, you know, in the, in the, in the meatworks because they cut, everyone's too lazy to work. But if you keep giving them social welfare, they're not going to work, are they? We've got people that are on the dole, and we're going broke, mate, you and me, Digger. I know. You wouldn't believe the tax we've got to pay. Oh, I know, I do believe it. We're paying for all these people to stay sit on their arse while, while we bring in all these other people that want to work. And, you know, do we have the infrastructure? I don't know, it's probably not. No, well, no, I reckon. Anyway, this is Upstam. It uh, says, remaining on the benefit has become a rational choice for some people because of a lack of consequences. That's true. That's true. But a young beneficiary says the government has no understanding of hardships. They're, oh, rubbish. You have no understanding of work ethic, fella. That's your problem. 20-year-old Harima uh-huh, briefly experienced homelessness in 2023. Um, and he's now on the job seeker benefit and is working with programs. No, it's too easy for them. Just don't give them anything. That's what I reckon. Oh, there's an analysis. We'll have a listen to that, see what they say. Welfare advocates are pleading for the government to back down from its crackdown on beneficiaries. Social Development Minister Louise Upston has ordered MSD to use the full force of sanctions to ensure those on the job seeker benefit are actively looking for work. But a young beneficiary says the government is out of touch and has no understanding of the hardships they face. Jordan Dunn has the story. 20-year-old Harima briefly experienced homelessness last year. Now he's on the job seeker benefit and working with programs which help him and other young people into stable homes and work. Hardima says the government bringing the hammer down on people like him is out of touch. These guys don't have the uh, problem of you know living in a stigmatised area where a gang mentality is present, where poverty is normal, where drugs and alcohol is um, an everyday thing. Eh? Like these are the sorts of spaces and that um, really affect young people in their their ability to want to go and, you know, do something. Everything's so hard for them. Harima considers himself one of the lucky ones just because he had a phone. He says there are others on the street who have no means to get to interviews or training. It's easy for someone to say, just turn up. Just turn up to the uh, Sui and, and go through a job interview process so that you can keep your benefit. But this young person has no idea, doesn't have a CV, 
uh, doesn't have means of transport, doesn't have a whare, doesn't have a house, but we're going to demand of you these things or risk losing your benefit. A national beneficiary advocate, Kay Brereton, says that will leave them with a difficult choice. Probably either makes them homeless or it makes them foodless because the benefit isn't enough for people to keep themselves housed and fed anyway. So you take half of that away and they've got to make a choice between food and housing. She says it will do nothing to get them back into work like the government hopes it will. A lot of people are on benefit because of trauma. In fact, trauma is what gets us onto a benefit. Something terrible has happened in our lives. And it might have happened a long time ago or it might have happened yesterday. Punishing people for being in a precarious position is not improving their position. It's just kicking them while they're down. Aaron Henry is the director of the youth development organisation Kickback. He says popular claims young people like to bludgeon off of social services is a myth. I have been serving young people um, who have needed access to welfare for, for over a decade now. And I'm yet to meet one. Ah, young... Get off your bums. Get off your bums and do some work. 21 minutes to eight. Oh, I can't be bothered. It makes my blood boil actually reading that stuff and listening to it. Let's go back to see what other headlines we've got. So that's the job seeker c- crackdown. In brief, uh, cheaper public transport helped in Christchurch. Cheaper public transport in the Christchurch area meant more people on the lower incomes had uh, more money. For everyday essentials, including food, and according to a new study, and the U.S. must find a way to deliver the COFA, the COFA, the COFA. China is knocking on the North Pacific, as the United States are slow to pass major strategic agreement. I don't understand any of that. Nah. New Zealand police among agencies in cybercrime takedown of Lockbit ransomware. That's a group. And an electrician given home detention ordered to pay $150,000 after the builder fatally shocked. I remember that. It was a, um, uh, what was it? Um, it was, um, can you remember, Dick? Yeah, it was, um, you put it in, you put it in, um, I think I've had a strike last night. I, I can't roll my tongue properly. My tongue feels like it won't move. Oh, you'll be right, mate. Just go and have another cup of coffee. No, it was, it was, um, he, he put in one of those range hoods and he wired it up wrong and the builder came and picked it up and got electrocuted. He got, it was electrocuted, not electromacuted. <laughs> well, yeah, I thought you said you shouldn't correct people. Oh, okay, you know, you're right, you're right about that, actually. Um, political opponents, allies, offering par- parting words to Labour's Grant Robinson. Hey, we've got a song for him, haven't we? You chose it before. Uh, where is it? Here it is. This is for Grant Robinson, Dancing Queen. Good there's the Dancing Queen, that. <laughs> the Dancing Queen. 17 to 8, and that's especially for Grant Robinson. Aerosmith here at the wireless on The World Gone Mad with Grant Edwards and Digger Davidson. Now we're going over to Sky News, got a report over there about red meat, the impact on climate change. Apparently it's unscientific, absolutely been branded as unscientific. It's 12 minutes away from eight. Now you had a fantastic piece in the Oz on Chris Bowen and Anthony Albanese's unaffordable green dream being blacked out by reality. Yeah, You ask why the Prime Minister's price gouging czar isn't asking energy companies why they were cashing in on the misery of Victorians last Tuesday as much of Melbourne was plunged into darkness. It is curious, isn't it, that this sector seems to have, well, its own rule book. 
Yeah, well, the, the prices go through the roof whenever there's a shortage of uh, electricity. And you know, I, I, it's understandable that it should do that because that attracts new people in with uh, more supply. Because it means that the, there is some uh, chance for the companies to gain this by not producing electricity when they might be able to to run it down and then to put it in when it runs high. But at the end of the day, you know, this market needs fixing because it's the consumers that pay in the end. And we just can't have a system where it, in the middle of the day, the wholesale price is negative sometimes. And at the end of the day, it can go up you know, well over $1,000 a megawatt hour. It, it's a very messy system and it's been made much, much worse by the introduction of so much renewable energy. And uh, it's squeezing out the base load, of course, which is the coal, which is the stuff we actually need to keep the lights on. It, it's a real, it's getting worse month by month. And it, it, Boeing's policy is driving it really downhill. And consumers just have no idea how it all works. It is just so complicated. It's almost designed yeah. for the consumer not to understand precisely what's happening. You also wrote about the uh, collapse of the steel towers on Victoria's main transmission line. Uh, you said that was irrefutable evidence. Our current transmission network needs upgrading. Uh, you're arguing that before we spend all this money building another 10,000 kilometres of transmission lines, perhaps we should be maintaining the existing lines. Uh, that's not a very popular argument at the moment. Well, I mean, you could just see six towers came down. They kind of buckled in the wind. They're clearly not up to the job. I think they've been there for, for some decades, uh, but they need strengthening because that's Victoria's main transmission line we're talking about. And if that goes down as it did, a lot of people and a lot of businesses are inconvenienced. So the idea we stick another 10,000 kilometres up you know, I'll just keep building it. No, let's get those ones firmed up first. And if they're going to build new ones, and I don't think they really have to if, if they had a sensible energy policy, but if they want to, then what about putting them underground, out of the way, where the farmers, uh, well, as the farmers and the, and the people in those communities want them to? They're not going to get blown down in the wind that way. And it may be a little bit more expensive initially, but if you want these things to last, it probably could be cheaper in the end. I'd like to see that being one of the lessons that came out of last week's uh, collapse of half the Victorian electricity grid. And it won't be soiling the countryside either. I mean, you just see beautiful vistas ruined by these transmission lines and it's only going to get worse. Mm, that's right. Eight minutes to eight and that's our lot of day, isn't it, Digger? Yeah, we've got to do some real work. <laughs> get paid for we're doing real work don't we we do mate we do wait anyway we've got um beautiful day coming up from michael B bubble blue blue scraping together all the news and information you need it's engaging at the top and bottom of the hour today's news talk radio tnt you're listening to grant edwards 88.1 FM, the wireless, the world at five. Fully electric vehicles could end up paying twice as much, which is stuff all anyway, isn't it? Twice as much per kilometre as someone with a petrol car. Oh, I don't think that would be true, unless they're really, um, you know, bashing you for, you know, for the, for the, for the electricity. 
Very quick indeed they are. I've got Michael Blue Bay coming up. Anyway, just go, we've got running out of time. So uh, that was an old one, actually. That came out at 5 o'clock, so you dig a, put it up for you to hear again. We're over at thecentrist.co.nz. You can find them at thecentrist or just centrist.co.nz. Radio New Zealand reports that the government's away for the day ban on mobile phones in schools has evoked some mixed reactions, particularly... But Did you like that, Digger? Particularly... <laughs> Oh, everyone else just says particularly. Uh, among parents of neurodiverse children. Now, I'm not sure what neurodiverse is, but we'll come back to that. Uh, some parents express concerns about the ban on making school life harder for their kids and hindering them coping uh, with, you know, they have to hinder their coping, coping strategies. Now, there are also reports of positive outcomes like improved classroom environments and increased student communication. Yeah, because they've got their phone there. Uh, according to Radio New Zealand, some schools are grappling. Uh, uh, I always thought it was grappling, but it's not, is it? It's grappling. It's got two Ps in it. Yeah, it is. Uh, gra- grappling with the... It's, it's like a grappling hook, isn't it? You chuck it over when you're, you know, in, when you're out fishing and you're around the rocks and, you know, and stuff like that. You don't want your, um, your anchor to get caught, so you put out a... It's, it's sort of like made of sort of rod probably about eight mil thick and then it bends around so that you can actually just drive off and it'll straighten out so you don't get hooked up. That's a grappling hook. Anyway, uh, the children are grappling with the challenge of implementing exemptions for health and learning needs. <laughs> oh, rubbish. And claim that teachers are carrying the additional administrative burdens. That story was first put out by Radio New Zealand. But you can find uh, that one over at The Centrist. And they're really good because they look at all the stories that the mainstream fake media put out and they put a you know, proper slant on it. They counterspin it, <laughs> if you like. Which reminds me too, you better get over to Counterspin Media and have a look at some of those videos they've got over there. Got some good ones. And they're fully behind NZ Loyal as well, which I think is good. Uh, 19 minutes away. Oh, no, Oh no, it's not. Gosh, I'm looking at the wrong hand. <laughs> it's two minutes away from eight. Uh, we'll have some news at eight, but I just wanted to find out what bio neurodiversity means, and it looks as though um, it's neurodiversity describes the difference in brain functions from person to person that affect daily mental functions. And neurodiversity embraces difference Differences in brain function and behaviour as a natural manifestation of humanity's varied rather than viewing them as a wrong or problematic sort of a situation. As autism has become more recognised, psychologists, the mumbo-jumbo mental babblists, have lobbied for it to be considered a different way of functioning rather than a disorder. Oh, rubbish. It's all caused by your vaccine injuries. That's where We never had anything like this. ADHD and all that rubbish. It's all vaccines. It's all related to the childhood vaccines. If you don't want to get that, if you don't want your kids to have that, make sure your mother's not been vaccinated and make sure your kids don't get vaccinated. It's the worst thing you could do. Uh, I just can't believe that, is, that we, we just push all this stuff. It's just the big elephant in the room. That's the only thing that's changed is we're, we're vaccinating more children. You know, if you don't want your farm animals to be... Un- if you want them to be healthy, you give them the 7-in-1 or the 5-in-1. When we buy them in, we specifically ask them to be not vaccinated. We don't want vaccinated animals on the farm because they end up getting... They die. They just die for, for no reason because it weakens the system. And and also even putting drench on them is no good because the skin's an organ and it leaks leeches into the animal. And you don't tell me it doesn't stick around. They say there's a stand-down period, but I don't believe it. So that means that we, what we're doing is we're eating all this... All the we're eating pharma, meat with laced with pharmaceuticals, and that would be the worst thing we could do. 
in my opinion. All right, we've got some news, and uh, that's just my, that's our lot. Um, have we got time for Michael Bublik? No, we don't. Let's let's go straight to the news with um, uh, what's the, what do they call themselves? Uh, Sky News. Yep. And you can now subscribe to stream Sky News channels and shows anytime for five dollars per month. Mm. Visit skynews.com.au forward slash stream. Thanks very much. And you can go over to Sky News and have a look at your own news. And we don't have to hear it here, but you can if you want to. Well, uh, we don't mind. Uh, let's look at the weather forecast for Northland, Waikato, also for Coromandel. Areas of morning cloud and then fine weather. <laughs> All right, we'll see you tomorrow morning. It's just about five past eight. Now, now, now. And now, another hour of the best of the 70s, 80s, 90s and noughties. This, this is The Wireless.